Welcome to the Nifty Podcast, presented by Partyfish Media, a showcase of the best emerging filmmakers under the age of 25 from all around the world. Film starts here at Nifty 2019 from Seattle, Washington. And hey, everybody, welcome to the Nifty Podcast again. Uh, I'm Robert Spiewak, one of the programmers from Nifty 2019, and I am sitting here metaphorically with the uh, f- a couple of the filmmakers behind a film that was in our Come As You Are screening at this year's festival called Seahorse. Uh, Drew and Ashley, do you want to, uh, in that order, go ahead and introduce yourselves? Hello. You cut Drew, off do you there, sorry. Oh, okay, sorry. That was, yeah. that was maybe me. <laughs> um, yeah, Drew, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, of course. I'm Drew Praskovich. I'm the writer, director, and co-producer of Seahorse. Hi, I'm Ashley Stokes. I am the director of photography for Seahorse. Great. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to have you all joining us. Um, and so I guess the first thing we usually kind of start off with is um, if you want to give us a, a log line or just a short uh, spoiler-free or spoiler-full synopsis of the film, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, of course. So Seahorse is about Mars, who is a 19-year-old pregnant boy, uh, and it chronicles the final day of his pregnancy as he's trying to reclaim his identity from his overbearing, fame-obsessed mother, who has, like, hawked his story to tabloids for for profit and fame. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's definitely... An interesting setup, especially in the way that you know that well in the way the film is kind of kind of comes together and rolls out. So mm-hmm. uh, my, my first question is just kind of you know where did the inspiration for this come from? Yeah, of course. Um, so I feel like the image that from the very start, like the origin of the idea, was the pinata, which is sort of a symbol throughout the film. Um, I was I bought a piñata at a Mexican grocery store down the street from my house to surprise my boyfriend and I was just like walking down the street and I was like if I was passing by myself in a car I would look like such a fool I'm just like this sad lonely boy walking down the street with this gigantic piñata <laughs> um and so I was like who is that character what is his story um and that kind of came at a crossroads to my very intense and long-seated fascination with pregnancy and birth um, and what was really fascinating was when I was trying to like market the film to try to get people to help support it. My mom found all these pictures of me, like with balloons in my stomach as a little kid, like literally a young child pretending to be pregnant, which was also fascinating. Um, and so it's definitely like a theme and a subject matter that I always turn to. Um, and it kind of just made sense to subvert that by turning it into a queer story of a male being pregnant yeah i think that's um that's really it's it's really interesting how those like those nuggets of just ideas are just like Mm -hmm. you just run into somebody on the street and it becomes you can flesh that out into like a whole a whole thing that has all these deeper themes and everything and so uh ashley i'm curious how far along in the process did you get involved and you know where um how formed was this idea once you started being part of the project um, so I remember Drew talking to me about it when I went to go see him, um, performing at this place called Bricolage and he was telling a story about how, um, 
he had pets when he was younger and um it had it was a hamster right drew yes Yes. (laughs) and um it had become pregnant and um they had babies and after the show and hearing all the story um he came up to me and he said I, I really wanted you to see this because it is an inspiration to the story that I want to tell uh, for this film. And so I was really excited to hear about it. He didn't really want to tell me a whole lot yet, but he told me to just hang on tight and to wait until he had like a script together. Um, so it was really in the, the beginning phases. Um, and uh, even before he had the script together, he we knew that we were going to work together on this project. Um, and so, yeah, that's where it yeah. started with me in it. Ashley and I uh, went to the same film school. So we'd been collaborating on a bunch of projects before. Um, and Seahorse was honestly probably like our sixth or seventh together. We just totally vibe and understand each other. We're like left brain, right brain, mm-hmm. like to the perfect match that we are like a beautiful mm-hmm. little harmony when we're on set together. I am like very creative and scatterbrained and she's like, has the most work ethic of anyone I've seen in my life. And she's so technically (laughs) competent. And I was like, God, I wish I had an ounce of that. And so we just like make this perfect little peanut butter and jelly sandwich of a crew together. I love that. I love that. You're not the, you're definitely (laughs) not the first, um, you know, director and DP that we've, we've, that I, even I've just interviewed that, you know, have found, have found that, you know, other side of the coin, Yin and Yang it's so person, yeah. That I mean, <laughs> it, it it brings such a cohesion to the project, and I think that uh, that was something that I was really thinking about while I was watching this, which I I didn't see it at the festival or program mm-hmm. it. So this was the first time I watched it was today to prep for the interview, and um, something I was so struck by was just how how soft the just the look of the the film is, you know, in the way it was shot, but also, you know, a lot of the textures and um, mm-hmm. the colors and the, the mom has all these big, fluffy, cushy <laughs> things. And, and it, it, I just thought that was so, it, it was interesting how everything kind of rolled together in this story that mm-hmm. is about pregnancy, but features um, a, a male person being pregnant and so yeah, yeah. um i'm 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 really curious about the the approach of portraying this as very as very tender i think is probably the best word i can think mm-hmm. for it because a lot of the past depictions i'm sure people are aware of that is you know a a father type character in any kind of maternal role is played for laughs you know you're mr mom or or junior with Arnold Schwarzenegger and so I'm curious coming at it from a different angle just just where what the kind of driving thesis was to you know have it be dramatic and touching rather than you know this really hammy male pregnancy story yeah I'm happy you brought that up because even when I was like telling people that it, I that's always like interesting to watch that initial reaction when I tell people it's about a pregnant boy and I always like mm-hmm. take a beat just to like assess their reaction to that um and I feel like all the depictions that I had seen before like you mentioned in Junior with Arnold Schwarzenegger and so many it's like total slapstick and like I'm a man and it's so funny that women go through pain and like ha 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 like battle of the sexes humor which like I guess has its place in some circumstances but for me, that just was never my angle. I feel like my work mm-hmm. lies at the intersection of like 
kitsch and melancholy. Um, and I, I wish I could get away from it. <laughs> I just keep, <laughs> keep crashing my car there. Um, and I feel like it just treating your characters with respect. And I think it's impossible to not say that the character of Mars um, is an extension of myself. He absolutely is. And I think at the end of the day, the pregnancy, though it is literal in the film, it's also sort of a metaphorical way to look at the sort of LGBTQIA experience in our world and how it's something growing inside of us. And this character does not a process his way in the world and everyone is judging him and like taking his identity before he has that chance to break free and really celebrate that. Um, and so I wanted to sort of track that journey um, and tell it in a non-traditional way, because I think like as a gay person, of course, I like clung to coming out stories in film when that was something I was experiencing. And now that I'm like, okay, I'm sort of sick of that. It was kind of funny to be like, well, I kind of just made a coming out movie, but I'm <laughs> happy that it was in a, I guess, different format that was true to my sort of eccentric nature. Yeah. I think that, uh, carrying th for, for carrying through that, that, that characterization, especially mm -hmm. one being, you know, close, closer, at least part chilly inspired by yourself. Um, I think that, I think that that's, that's really interesting. Just like, you know, not selling out your characters for entertainment necessarily or, yeah. or using their characterization to strengthen what is entertaining about mm -hmm. the story. Uh, and so, Ashley, I'm curious, uh, from your perspective, you know, translating that visual look and that inspiration from the characters, like what was, I, I'm just curious what your approach was and feel free to get like as technically nitty gritty as you want. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm just curious, you know, how that kind of that foundation inspired your approach with the look of the film. Um, well, once Drew and I talked about visually what we were looking for um, and when we had talked about the characters and, you know, choosing the aspect ratio, the look of it and everything was really mm -hmm. specific um, and different than I think either of us had ever done before. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that what we chose really, it worked with the characters that we were working with. Um, and as far as like the soft looked, um, I ended up using a promise filter, um, that made it very soft and it made all the highlights bloom. Um, and I, we did very little in post to, to make it look like that. Um, mm -hmm. and then the aspect wow. ratio, um, again, we, neither of us, we've worked on a lot of films together and. And Drew actually approached me and, and said, hey, I, I want to shoot it like this. And I was actually, I'm going to be honest, I was a little hesitant at first. Um, <laughs> and then after we, you know, talked about it more and 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 we got into shooting it, um, I'm so glad that we ended up doing it the way that we did. And, and it works perfectly. Yeah, that aspect ratio, I think, was also something from the very beginning I knew what I wanted. Um, it was not only for, like to pay homage to films I love, in particular um, Andrea Arnold's Fish Tank and also Xavier Dolan's Mommy. Um, I wanted the, the character of Marshall, again, bringing back that term fish tank, to feel like the audience mm -hmm. was tapping on the glass and he was inside just like trying to swim away with nowhere to go. Um, and I also feel like the aspect ratio 
reflected the sort of social media age we're in, especially with like Instagram, and we just scroll through and see that square constantly. So I feel like it reinforced that idea that Marshall is sucked into this public life and he's trying everything to like pull away and have that privacy. Um, and mm -hmm. speaking to the softness that Ashley so beautifully achieved in her handheld photography that she basically broke her back <laughs> to get, and I'm so grateful for her. <laughs> um, I definitely have like a affinity for like 90s and early 2000s, like that look. I feel like my mm -hmm, films are sort mm -hmm. of chasing a nostalgia that I like don't have. And so like trying to reconnect with like a childhood that I wish I had if I had been more proud or honest and open with who I was. So that's like, I think that softness comes from that longing for my past. Yeah. I mean, and I feel, I feel like it's, it's interesting how we, or, or just filmmakers, creatives in general, you know, use kind of every influence mm -hmm. that's clanging around in your head to, to, I don't know, to, to put a form over, you know, a, a modern story that you're trying to yeah, tell. Yeah. And so like, you know, we've seen, We've seen a lot of films in this festival this year too, where you know we got people making things from the '80s, we got, or that look like they're from the '80s. People mm -hmm. making you know things that look like they're from the '90s, and um, it, it's funny how those time markers, you know, just kind of keep moving up and up and yeah. up as we <laughs> as we progress and get nostalgic for different time periods. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, that's that's super cool. Um, and I'm glad you kind of mentioned the the social media aspect of this yeah. because um, I think that. Uh, another another question I had was kind of the uh, there's the beginning the sort of intro where they're walking through these protesters mm -hmm. um, and I think that uh, I, I'm just curious your uh, choice to because this could have I think I think there's a, a really solid core to this film that is just the the relationship between the mom and the son right. um, without you know any necessarily even. Uh, an overarching like political narrative, mm -hmm. which I'm not saying the protest has to always be political, but I mean, you've got people, it's very much like um, what you might see outside, like a Planned Parenthood or right. something, the kind of signs that the folks in the film are holding. And so um, I'm curious mm -hmm. your decision to kind of include that public facing and even from the social media angle too, of like, putting like larger uh repercussions in the world for the this character situation so that's like uh, the mom pushing for like a, a social social media impact mm -hmm. and then also just the the various people protesting outside the home like what was the inspiration behind including including all of that all those layers yeah i mean i feel like it's definitely comes from me wanting to show that this character just feels like he he can escape and um i wanted to show various protesters and like the range so there's like like westboro baptist style people who are like you're sinful this is disgusting you're a man you can't have yeah. a baby but then there's also like the people who are like just let him have a baby be who he is and then there's also like the fanatics who are like i love you so much who are like <laughs> crazy twitter stan culture which is like everywhere right now um, yeah. And I just, I don't know. I feel like that was a really challenging scene for me to shoot just to like capture that energy. Um, and if I'm being honest, I'm not sure if I'm still totally happy with it. <laughs> uh, but that's, I, well, you, you watch your own work and you, you can't help but like just see every angle. But yeah, I just felt yeah. like it was important to show that this character had 
a greater impact um, while within this really small story. Um, and I feel like it makes the people in the audience sort of align themselves as to like where their allegiance is, whether they're like, he needs to just step up and speak out loud for himself or if they're like kind of on the mom side or if they think they would be one of those protesters. So I think it was just fully developing the world as much as I could. Yeah, I mean, I think that that I, I, I think it works. I think it makes it seem because there's a lot of ambiguity with just the the setting mm-hmm. or the the setup for the story, um, which which kind of that it, it dovetails into my next question. But like, I think that putting putting some kind of parameters helps uh, give an audience like context right. for what they're watching. And so I think that that really um, I think I think it does kind of like make it a little more cagey, mm-hmm. like the, the, he can't like he can't get away from the situation even because there's though because the world knows about yeah, it. Exactly. Right? So I'm curious about the level of ambiguity that's still left in the film. And so that's, you know, that's with the ending, trying not to spoil anything, but um, it's it's it is ambiguous. Um, and then also just, you know, the means in which Mars finds himself pregnant is also never explained. And so I'm, I'm just curious, you know, how you kind of chose what to leave open to audience interpretation. And then also, you know, what you maybe hope people fill those gaps in with, if you want to even comment on that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so from the very beginning, I knew I never wanted to tell the audience how he got pregnant. I feel like if I had dove, if I had really dove into that, people would have just focused entirely on, oh, well, that doesn't make sense. That wouldn't work. Blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. And I thought it was more interesting to see what audience bring to that and if they needed to create an excuse for this story to even make sense to them. Um, and it's interesting because Ashley and I, the year before, had made a short film with the actor who plays Mars. Um, oh. And it was very similar in terms of theme. Um, it was basically he was in a wedding dress and it was about him being left up at the altar and it was there was really no dialogue from him, but it was just like, how does an audience react when they see a man in a wedding dress and it's not a joke and it's something serious and sad and about loss? Um, and so that, I think those tones and that sort of thrusting people into a world where we analyze traditional female, whatever that might be, sort of roles and we put men in those how do we react and sort of process that um and so i think this was an extension to explore that world and so that's i i my, the actor and i had conversations about how we thought it happened um and i was like i don't really need you to tell me but i do want you to know as you carry through the story how this happened sure um and in terms of the ending i had gone through a lot of ways that I thought it would happen. Um, There was a much sadder one in previous drafts that was like a little too devastating. And I thought it was important that the character sort of had a win, especially I think in today's world, Um, like underrepresented characters really deserve to have a moment to shine and be happy and fulfilled. Um, And so that moment always still like really gets me and makes me so happy. I know Ashley, every time we watch it, we like definitely get a little sniffly. Yeah, because of the chills. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that shot also at the end, which I won't talk about what happens, um, but it's (laughs) also a reference to the film Mysterious Skin by Greg Araki, who's one of my favorite directors. Um, Hmm. And, you know, I feel like as a 
as a gay filmmaker, I'm standing on the shoulders of so many people who have come before me and made work that's changed my life. And that film is one that like has left such a mark on me. And it just felt like I had to like say thank you in this way. And so it's also like me giving my praise and translating into my own world. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I think, I think that that is there, there, there's just, yeah, it's funny you mentioned just getting sniffly because I mean, it is this kind of this, this, emotional the dam breaks so to speak yeah um just leading up to the end because you know there's there's the mom and mars Mm -hmm. kind of just arguing with each other there's a lot there's a lot that builds to that moment and so i think i think that's 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 cool that's very very cool and so um ashley so you know we've talked about a lot of these you know these influences that kind of all inform this and so I, i i'm curious how much of a how that all helped influence this collaboration. Cause I mean, I think that sometimes it's difficult as, you know, as the person who's defining the look of, of the, the film, you know, if there's too much, if there's too much inspiration, you know, it, it mm-hmm. becomes, you want to just replicate that. And so I'm curious, like your take and the, the conversations that went into, you know, still creating this um, film that is very much something that is an, a new thing, but how, uh, keeping those, you know, those references, that homage in mind when, you know, putting, putting the film finally all together and shooting it went. I think that having those inspirations and going back to what Drew said about how we had worked with, um, the actor prior to this film, mm-hmm. um, definitely helped cause we, we knew how he worked and I knew as soon as Drew had, um, Told, had had me read the script i i knew that <laughs> we should have him as the actor um and he was he was against it at first he was um i'm sorry josh don't get mad <laughs> he was casting he was like <laughs> going through other people and eventually he he came back to josh and i was so happy because i knew that he fit the role perfectly um and i think with that that kind of just like led into the whole project and process working so incredibly well. Um, it was, we got like the all-star team to work oh with. Oh my gosh. Um, Killer crew. Yeah. We, yeah. Like we have never worked on a project together that went so smoothly. Like it was crazy. I, I had just gotten back from the country, get back into the country the day before we started shooting and I was super jet lagged and the whole, I knew the whole film was handheld. Um, and when Drew mentioned me almost breaking me back, like it really, it was a struggle. But honestly, because of how well the whole shoot went, like it just, everything fit into place perfectly. And mm-hmm. it just, and I think that as well makes it even better like looking back on it and continuing to watch the film again you know it's it gives you this um that final moment and i'm not gonna spoil it but that final moment like you you can feel it's almost like that work paying off and and it's the excitement that the 
the character feels like everyone mm-hmm. in the crew and cast felt as well. Wow, I love that. I love that. Is <laughs> that's a, that's a good button. That's just a good button on 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 the whole interview. I think yeah. so. Um, just to, as we get closer to wrapping up, uh, I'm curious. You know what we have, what y'all have in the works, and what uh, we can look forward to in the next. You know, over the next year or the next few months, or what, what's in the what's in development right now? So Ashley and I are still based in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where we grew up and went to school together. Um, so I am planning a move to New York City this summer to sort of branch out and start making things happen. Uh, but in terms of creative works, I recently finished a play, uh, so I'm trying to get readings of that done and maybe a production. Um, and interestingly enough, I thought I was sort of done with Seahorse and this theme. Um, and it's actually been a year, like right now, since we wrapped on the film. And I've come up yeah. with a lot of ideas for a feature length that I think explore a lot more about the world and I think really raises the stakes for the characters. Um, and so I might be working on the feature version of it, which... I never thought what I would say would happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exciting. Yeah. That's awesome. Ashley, what about you? Um, actually, so Seahorse was the last narrative project that I have worked on. I currently work for the county that we live in as a videographer and photographer, um, mainly focusing on um, documentary style videos, commercials, um, stuff like that. Um, but all of that work can be seen on Allegheny County's website or all that work can be seen on Allegheny County's Facebook or Instagram pages. Um, and my work can also be seen, um, at ashleycstokes.com. Uh, it has a variety of freelance work as well as a lot of the stuff that I've worked with on, uh, for the County. I guess I'll slip in a little Instagram plug there as well. Uh, you can follow my work and my silly little life um, at lactose underscore intolerance. And is that is that apropos of nothing? or, or... <laughs> I am, am very much lactose intolerance, <laughs> though I consider myself a role breaker and enjoy ice cream. Oh, there we go. That's, well, you can't, you can't not have ice cream. Yeah, um, I'm not a fool. I'm not going to pretend. <laughs> well, that's awesome. And y'all beat me to the punch by sharing where people can go and uh, keep up to date and check out more of your work, and especially as you know, more of those things kind of come around and start happening. So um, that's awesome. Well, thank you both for taking some time uh, for, to sit down and talk. It was great to just hear more about the process behind Seahorse. Thanks for having us. Oh, my God. Thank you so much, Robert, and Nifty in general. We, were, we had such an amazing time at the festival. Yeah, that's good to hear. And I mean, I, I didn't it didn't come up in the interview, but congratulations on the winning the audience award for the the come as you are screening as well. Thank you, thank you. My award is on my mantle and I'm looking at it currently. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's awesome. Um well, well yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll talk to you all again soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for listening. For more information on Nifty 2019, The Talented Youth, and more emerging filmmakers, check out nifty.org, or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at NFFTY or on Instagram at Nifty Film. And for more podcasts from Partyfish Media, search Partyfish Media wherever you listen to podcasts or follow us on social media at Partyfish Media.
Partyfish Media. Partyfish Media acknowledges that it operates and records on indigenous Duwamish and Puget Sound Coast Salish land that is still home to the Duwamish tribe. This land is stolen in violation of the Point Elliott Treaty of 1855. We are committed to uplifting the name of these lands and community members from these nations who reside alongside us. For more information on this land, its people, or ways you can help, visit duwamishtribe.org or realrentduwamish.org.